Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today podcast and The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Thursday, November 10th, which means today's discussion is about the value options on the upcoming Week 10 DFS slate. I can't believe we are 10 weeks in. I am joined by our Thursday guest, as always, a regular now, Willie Yormack, joining us on the pod. Willie, how are you doing today? Hey, come on, baby. You know we're ready. You know we're ready. All right, well, first of all, I'm good. I did just get back from uh, getting a haircut, though, and I look like a goddamn mushroom. On the top <laughs> of the mushroom, so... Is that why you're wearing a hat? What? Yeah, exactly. I can't. I cannot showcase my hair right now. On the topic of mushrooms, though, which is also very funny, many were taken after just decided to beat the shit out of the Bills. I mean, let's fucking go. We're talking about Jermaine Johnson, Quinn and Williams, Carl Lawson, DJ Reed, Sauce. I mean, I'm embarrassed because like, last week, right? I said fade the Jets. I'm like, dude, I'm a Jets fan. Like, what is wrong with me? We're Super Bowl bound for sure. The defense Super Bowl bound for sure. Yeah, bro. It. I'm ready to go, dog. Let's go. I'm pumped. All right. Well, a little lost in the sauce after a Jets win with some medicinal herbal yeah, medicine. Yeah, you know I'm, it is. You know I'm it down is. with that. Um, I'm also, I also like that you, you know, gave out your your lean and your loyalty to your bankroll last week, even though it didn't come to fruition. You've proven to the audience that you're more loyal to the bankroll instead of the fandom, even though Jets, huge fucking win. Well done. Wait, well by done. the way, too, like, I'm sorry for whoever's listening. Like, I apologize as a Jets fan. Like, you don't deserve that. Like, I'm on board with the Jets. They have one of the best defenses in the league. Like, let's go. I'm sorry. Willie, branching off this, and maybe this will be our discussion for next week, now that I'm thinking about it, is who do you think's current MVP right now? You think Josh Allen's still MVP favorite, or do you think it's like Mahomes or Jalen Hurts at this point? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens with Josh Allen, right? I think, I think it's pretty much a toss-up between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes right now, and it's whoever ends up having the, the better rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jalen Hurts, obviously, it, it's interesting, right? Because I think Jalen Hurts could have an amazing rest of the season, but when he gets to the playoffs, I'm a little bit concerned based off their youth, how they're going to perform. Um, but I know MVP is chosen beforehand. I, I'm going to go with right now. I'm going to, I'm dude, I'm going to go with Josh Allen. Like I, I still think he's the best quarterback in football. Like I, so, I just did. So I agree with you, Willie. The odds have it right now. Mahomes is the lead candidate. Jalen Hurts is two. Josh Allen is third. My thought process is if Josh Allen is announced as playing, if he's going to miss games, of course, you don't buy into an MVP candidate. He's going to be missing a few weeks. But if he's announced as playing on Sunday and he's still third, I'm going to add, I've already have some Mahomes money. I already have some Josh Allen money, but I'm going to add more Josh Allen money because he shouldn't be third in the odds right now. And if he gets goes on Sunday and is confirmed healthy and playing, I think we need to uh, buy in more to the Josh Allen. Yeah, I don't I think, think he should like, be third. I agree. I do think for like the audience as a cautionary thing, like, I mean, we, we're not exactly sure what's good with this health right now. And I'm not exactly sure how it'll play out. Like, further yeah let's season. wait let's wait until you know the injury reports let's even you could even wait on this until sunday morning until you know he's in the game if josh allen is yeah. in the game and playing in week 10 i like reinvesting more money into his mvp odds willie let's do that next week let's have a little gander at some of the awards and the races and see if we could you know we jumped into the futures conversation last week and i talked about this on the tuesday pod we did so well when it came to our come on baby dominated we were saying you know take um the 49ers and the seahawks in that division play them both seahawks win 49ers on by rams and uh rams lose and cardinals lose that was huge we took the dolphins to win the division and to win the super bowl dolphins big win and of course this bill's big loss sets them up in a much better position we took the titans to win the super bowl and even though they lost to the chiefs they showed out really well, so much so that their odds actually dropped and they became a bigger Yeah, because, I mean, listen, like, with Ryan Tannehill, it'll be a different team. Like, yep. that, that's why. I mean, they, I don't – did any of their wide receivers even catch a ball? I'm, I'm not really a single not, one. Not a single one. So, like, and they kept the game close with the Chiefs. Tennessee's defense is legit. I will say, though, like, the Saints, oh, my God. Like, we did give out very good advice with the – Goddamn Saints against Baltimore really pissed me off. 
I think they should have used Taysom Hill a little bit more um, just because the O-line was getting destroyed and Andy Dalton is 55 billion years old and can't move. So you'd probably think about uh, putting in somebody who's mobile and can change up the game a little bit. But I do actually think that the Saints fundamentally have a good defense and I, I think their offense will kick back up a little bit. So I'm, I'm not out on them at all. I just like it just pissed me off. Well, good thing they're in the worst division in football. That one loss doesn't necessarily throw them out of contention going into this back half of the season. Let's start off um, this week, Willie, with the Thursday night football game. We have Falcons at Panthers. Panthers are a plus two and a half. We've seen a lot of Falcons movement over the last you know week or so since this line opened. Um, Falcons clearly playing for a playoff spot and punch. Panthers look like they're on the down and outs. Um, it went up to a plus three, uh, Panthers plus three. It's dipped a little bit back down to um, 2.5. So we're seeing some Panthers money re-enter the market, even though there's initial Falcons push. And same thing with the total. We saw an initial push towards the over. It went from 40 to up to uh, 42. And now it's dipped back down to 41 and a half. So we are seeing a little bit of... Um, resistance in the market to the initial sharp movement. Willie, what's your lean for this game? Crazy game, right? I mean, last time they played, I think it was 37-34 in OT, which was just a wild ending with DJ Moore just capping off that 60-yard bomb from P.J. Uh, Walker. Um, with that being said, though, listen, I like the Falcons, and I like the Falcons because Carolina has no idea how to defend against the run, and Patterson being back is a big deal. Like, I don't think people understand, like, he can't be stopped in the red zone. The guy's a scoring machine. Like, he's a big dude. He's a powerhouse. And I also think the combination of Tyler Algier and Patterson, like, Falcons have two dynamic running backs, similar to what the Jets had with, like, Brees Hall and Michael Carter, and now James Robinson and Michael Carter. It's just a dynamic duo, and it, it's. I think that they're going to run the ball all game, right? And so for me, I'm going to take the Falcons here. And I also think Carolina, dude, like they got fucking rocked to Cincy last week. Like, <laughs> I think not a PJ good Walker, showing. I mean, embarrassing, dude. So it's like go mix and beat them alone. <laughs> yeah, five touchdowns, bro. By the way, I had Joe Mixon, and still lost in my fantasy league. Like, are you joking? Embarrassing, but. Regardless, besides the point, um, after Carolina lost with the DJ Moore dumbass throwing his helmet on the ground, just bragging and their kicker missing a, an extra an extra point and then losing that game, the momentum just, <laughs> I mean, like then they get destroyed to Cincy, they're out. I, they're out. In my opinion, I don't care. I'm out on Carolina. Like, I just kind of am. So I'm riding with the Falcons. I like their dynamic uh, duo in the, in the backfield, and, and I'm, I'm riding with the Falcons. Minus two and a half. Let's go. I agree completely. Um, I'm on the Falcons' money line. I'm on the Falcons' minus 2.5. I got on that when I saw the market moving towards the Falcons. When it got up to a minus 3, I was very happy with it. Now coming back to a 2.5 gives me a little bit pause for, you know, pause for cause, cause for pause. What is it? Uh, it gives me yeah, a little no, bit I of concern. Um, yeah, I agree. Simply because they're the, the Carolina is the home team on a short week, and this season we've seen a clear trend towards the short week home team. However, uh, I'm looking at NFL weather right now. We know possible rain in this game. We know 11-mile-per-hour winds, which should be the windiest game on the Week 10 slate. You put those mm. things together. You take wow. the team that runs the ball well. Uh, Willie mentioned the running backs. He failed to mention Marcus Mariota also gets groovy with his feet too. So they just have yeah. so many dynamic players that can run the ball. I'm on Falcons minus 2.5. I'm on Falcons money I didn't line. Know the weather well. I didn't know the weather condition at all, but that makes a massive effect. Yeah, I mean, well, there, just, it was supposed to be pouring. It was supposed to be a huge storm, but then the, the storm shifted a little bit west, so it's going to miss it by a bit. But we are going to get a little bit of rain and a little bit of wind. Cool. And I, the last thing I would like to say just about this game is, like, all, all good. I, I just want to clarify that I am on Falcons, but DJ Moore and Terrence Marshall popped off that game. They, like, they both yeah. popped off that game. It was a high-scoring game, and the Falcons' secondary got beat badly. I just want to make that clear, just in terms of a holistic picture. Um, 
Are there any other games, moving on from the Thursday night and going to the Sunday slate, are there any other games that you want to give out a best bet for? I know I talked about kind of all the direction of the line movements on Tuesday, so if anyone wants to go listen and hear where the money is, where the line movement, where the total opened, and where it is now, go check out the Tuesday Spend Up podcast. But Willie, based on where the lines are now, so if you were betting on a blank slate, if you... You know, wiped away the bets that you already have. I know me and you got ahead of the market, and we have plenty of things in. What right now do you still like that's available in the gambling market for Week Ten? Yeah, I think I think there are two that stand out to me, but I'll talk about one. Um, I just I like the Bears, dude. I got the Bears at minus two and a half, um, so I got I got the better line. It is now at minus three. For me, like detroit didn't really do that much last game i like numbers lie like this the end the score of the game was like 15 to 9 or something but rogers played horribly and i i'm not going to put that on detroit i'm going to put that on rogers just being bad also justin fields just lit up fucking miami like 170 rushing yards like is he a god like potentially (laughs) I'm not like, like I, it's three games in a row, dude. I, like you're not stopping him. Like yep. what the Lions, who have the worst fucking run D in, in in the NFL. Like yeah, good luck. I mean, no. Listen, the Bears are the Bears are home too. I like the home field advantage. I love what Justin Fields is doing. Um, I gave him out last week, so hopefully people ended up actually listening to your boy William Yormack and. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm I'm on the Bears, dude, and also I don't like what the Lions are doing with like Swift, dude. Like he's hardly playing any. What? Yeah, any what's snaps. going on with that? It's so what's frustrating. It's so frustrating, and and also like I know like you and I have talked about like tight ends are not normally the biggest deal. The thing is for me, T.J. Hawkinson is a big deal in that offense. Like, and I know you you don't agree with this, but he's been Jared Goff's favorite and or second favorite receiver on that team for a couple of years now. He's been growing with Detroit. And that is a massive person not to be able to throw to. Like I'm not. He's also sure. an incredible blocker. Yeah, he's an incredible blocker too, bro. Losing T.J. Hawkinson is is a blow to that team with DeAndre Swift having absolutely no idea benching him in fantasy lineups, like because you just don't know. I'm 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 riding with the Bears who almost beat Miami. I mean, <laughs> Justin Fields is, is playing an elite level right now. So let me ask you a – let me quickly divert from this and ask you a fantasy football question for my season-long leagues because I'm dealing with this right now. Is Do I play Deontay Foreman tonight for the Panthers against the Falcons or do I – with Chuba Hubbard probably being back or do I play Swift on Sunday even though he's getting such limited snaps? Oh, my God, bro. Here, here's the thing. like, And I have to make that decision tonight because yeah, you know, Foreman plays so, in the Thursday night game. I gotta I gotta look up what they're saying about Swift. Um, so like I need to like see the absolute latest on him it, because like Swift is in my opinion a top five running back fantasy yeah, running back. I love him, but it's not getting he's the work. Di- he's disgusting. Like he's he's insane. And and also by the way, with his limited snaps, he still puts in numbers, which is ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I don't know. I, I'm not going to give you that input because I actually don't. I don't feel. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's a- I, I'm, I'm equally torn. Willie, my best bet on the Sunday slate right now is still Cowboys minus five. Uh, yeah, that was we jumped day. on this, uh, uh, what is it, like a week ago when it was minus 2.5. Me and you were on this line before any games were played last week. Before the Packers lost to Detroit, me and you already had bet uh, – Cowboys minus two and a half. This line has jumped all the way to minus five, and I'm personally still not scared to take it. We're hearing news that Rodgers is banged up, and he might not play. I don't know if Aaron Jones is going to play. I don't know if it seems like Dobbs is going to be out. We'll see if Lazard plays. They just have literally nobody, not even Bakhtiari. Do not overthink this. Green Bay is horrendous. They are a bad football team. Cowboys minus so, five. The fact that I have them minus two and a half with you is absurd to me. Defense yeah, is going I, to light. I mean, dude, nine points against Detroit. Figure it out. Right. Figure it out. So for that reason, I'm still comfortable playing the minus five for the Cowboys. If you don't want to play the minus five, if you feel like, wow, it was at two and a half and I've missed the, the three and I missed the hook, play the money line. Play the minus 230. Play it for one unit. Take less return. You don't need to play 2.3 units to win one. 
just take it, play it for your normal amount, and just bring home less return. But we got to have some money on the Cowboys. This Packers slide is just getting steeper and steeper, and you want to get on this mudslide and watch it go down like a sinking ship. Is is there any world where you would teach? I mean, I don't. I again, I don't know, but like. The Cowboys are not losing this game, right? Like, I feel almost you can't, more confident. You can't tease them through the zero to a plus one. Okay. No, it just, okay. it just, it just so much doesn't value. make sense. Okay. Yeah, just gotcha. take them on the minus 230 because that implied probability is better than teasing it through a bad okay, number. Perfect. Cool. Um, and then two games that I want to talk about before we get into the DFS stuff, Willie, is um, I don't really understand the line movement in the Rams-Cardinals Rams are the home team, home favorite. They were minus three and a half. Um, Cardinals have taken in so much money. I just don't understand why there's Cardinals money against the Rams. Is it because they're like healthier and Hopkins and James Conner's back? And, you know, historically, McVay kills Cliff Kingsbury teams. And I like betting into these coaching matchups a lot. And I love home field advantage teams. I mean, maybe it's because Stafford is... Stafford went into concussion protocol. Maybe this line movement is because of the injury and potentially Stafford not playing. I guess that would be the only reason. Uh, I like the Rams in this game, and I think the Cardinals stink. And because I'm watching this line move, I'm going to still wait on it and hope that it gets to like a pick em, uh and, and I can jump in on the Rams you, at home. You know what it is, dude? It's, it's the fact that the Rams have no offense. I mean, Tyler Higby has been atrocious two weeks in a row. That was their second most consistent target. Allen Robinson hasn't done anything. They, like like my friends will tell me, this is just something like we love to say, like they have a negative running game. It's embarrassing. Yep. Like <laughs> Henderson, Cam Akers, Ronnie, I mean, it's just like they, they, they can't run the ball. They can't do anything. Cooper Cup should do everything in this game for them. So like uh, it, it's the defense and Cooper Cup. Right, like that's all the Rams have. They're not, they're not a very good team. And with Arizona getting healthy, look, I don't like Arizona, but like, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just weighing in. Do you think that line movement is more because of Stafford's injury, or do you think there's reason to back the Cardinals in this spot? No, I'm not backing the Cardinals. Um, so you think it's spot. it's Stafford related? If Stafford gets cleared, are you okay betting the Rams? Or are you just not touching this game altogether? No, I'm just not going to touch the game altogether. Okay, I am going to jump I, in on the Rams. I do know that if, Sean lights them up, but like I, I just the Rams suck, so I'm I'm just not doing it. Yep. Okay, and then the last thing that I'm looking at is this Broncos Titans game, Willie. The total has been bet all the way down to thirty six and a half. Now, when I talk about totals, I don't even bother discussing totals this low. I start out with my key numbers being 38, 40, 41, you know, and and so on. So, seeing a line at 36 and a half is just like, wow, I am so tempted to take the over here simply because every single key number for NFL totals is on the other side. However, we have seen so many Broncos games this season seem to end in 20 total points for between both teams, you know, like 9-6 versus the Colts or whatever that was. Um Am I crazy for looking at this over here, or should I dive in because the number's crazy? Who's who's no, crazy? I, Me or the number? No, the number's crazy, dude. Like, what do you? The number's definitely crazy. If Tannehill's gonna play, I mean, I know he's hurt, but like, it's just like with Derrick Henry, Tannehill. I mean, like, I just feel like there's enough offense here for for to um, hit over the thirty six point five. I like the over 36.5, honestly. Like And Broncos coming off a bye, like maybe what about, like, they started to get the – what? Oh, you, you can't tease under over unders. I forgot. But, like, imagine teasing the under to 30 points. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, in, in gambling math, it's not – you can do it. It's just not smart to do it. But at that point, I mean, you're looking at a 30 and a half. That's just crazy. And then at that point, you could tease the Broncos up to eight and a half uh, – no, I'm not going to do it, but I do like the 36 and a half over on the total. I might be tweeting that out uh, later today. I'm going to do some more research, but that line, just super confusing. I wanted to talk to Willie about it. Willie, let's transition over to the DFS space. Is there any games or lines that you specifically wanted to talk about that I'm missing? I mean, no, because you, you, ta- you had talked about the, the Seattle thing, which makes absolutely yeah. zero sense to me. Makes no um, sense. 
but it, but it's still <laughs> it's moving in a, in a weird direction. Knows. Yeah. Um, so no other other than that. Um, let me just. And guys, what Willie's talking about is the Seattle Seahawks versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I did a large segment of my Tuesday pod about the line movement in that game and why it's confusing and why. There might be some line anchoring going back to the look-ahead line that was posted like as of this summer for that game because it was a game in Germany that it's been a spotlight game. I'm thinking maybe there's like foreign money coming in on this game because it is being played in Germany and they're backing Tom Brady, but the line movement has made no sense. So uh, let's let's not overly discuss something yeah. that we don't really have too much good insight on. 100%. And the last thing really quickly was, so the Vikings going down from plus, what was it, eight and a half at one point to yep. plus three and a half. Yep. Um, I ended up getting them at plus seven and a half. In the, in the Tuesday pod, do we remember what the spread was? And did you offer, like, did you offer, was it like six and a so half? It was, six, it was six and a half by Tuesday. I got the eight and a half. I, I remember I like called you and or texted you and I was like, you need to jump on this now. It's going to move. Um, right. I got the eight and a half. I got the plus 330 on the money line. My thinking is I want to hedge. I don't plan to go into this game with a huge plus CLV ticket. You could do one yeah. of two things. You could either say, wow, I've crushed the market. And I'm going to go into this just like knowing I have like four points of CLV on my side. Or you can say, I'm going to hedge the other side. I'm going to open up a potential middle spot for myself. Considering this is the Bills at home, like, and Case Keenum is a veteran quarterback who's played with Diggs before in big moments. Like, I'm, and it'll be a revenge game for him against the Vikings. I am going to uh, hedge this and make sure I lock in myself some profit and open up a, a middle spot for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, they're not winning the game with Case Keenum. Don't care what you say. So you, so you're you. gonna, you're gonna hold your Vikings ticket and just let it run. Bro, I'm whole, I'm whole. Yeah, dude, the, you, you shit on the Vikings. It's like, what, <laughs> I mean, I, like, I get the whole fraudulent thing, but it's like, I, I don't know, like TJ, they keep Justin winning. Jefferson. They they got some fucking players. Dalvin's playing well. Madison's good. Like Kirk Cousins has a six pack. Have you seen his fucking body recently? It's <laughs> a fucking superhero. Covered in chains. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So so me and Willie are on different sides of how you play that. Um. Willie's approach to this and just letting a big plus CLV ticket ride is the right thing to do according to the math of gambling. However, I'm on the other side saying sometimes you need to evaluate your spots and say I just feel like I want to hedge and lock in myself profit because even though I I have a huge plus CLV ticket, I don't love the line that I'm on. So that's how I feel. Willie likes the line. He's more of a Vikings backer, and those are. You know, a good example of ways that you could play when you have really good tickets in your back pocket. Willie, let's talk about some DFS. Um, start with the quarterback position. I did the spend-ups on Tuesday. Uh, you know I was speaking about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. It really looks like it's got to be Mahomes for me this week unless Allen is playing and cleared and good and everything, and then I'll consider it. Is there anyone else on this entire quarterback list you gave out justin fields last week you found you know needle in the haystack is there any other you know option this week or is it just Mahomes? dude i'm not gonna lie like i was really looking at at all this last night and i was like really trying to find value in certain quarterbacks and i was i was genuinely struggling like patrick mahomes to me is the answer um and if not then it's gonna be justin fields I would like to say, um, and and those are like my two really only options this week. I do want to say something that is pretty funny though. Patrick Mahomes had 68 attempts versus the Titans. I'm not sure if people realize who are listening and or if you realize, Mike, but do you know who holds the record for the most attempted passes in one NFL game? I'm going to go most passes in a game. Not that you, I mean, just just a guess. Right? I feel you're, like you'd be gonna... like Matt Ryan in on the early season Colts this year, like when he was throwing up like seventy passes. Okay, crazy. Or so, Josh Allen. So okay, ready? It's Drew Bledsoe holds the record throwing seventy total passes, but but that includes OT. Yeah, Vinny Testaverde holds uh-huh. the record at sixty nine total passing attempts in a game. Patrick Mahomes was at sixty eight. Like, come on, dog. Throw the ball two more times. Like, Funny, I might have been at your house when Testaverde threw 69 times. I remember watching endless Jets games in your living room. 
Yeah, no. So, uh, but no, I think Patrick. The, the Chiefs just don't have great running backs. Patrick Mahomes need to throw the ball all game. Like, and uh, like that's just what's gonna happen. I'm on Patty. I'm on Justin Fields. The guy rushes for 100 yards like every single game. I think he's actually starting to throw the ball, throw the ball more than he's ever thrown the ball. He's getting more comfortable in the pocket. Things are looking good for him. Detroit's defense not good. Um, I like Justin Fields a lot, and I like Patrick Mahomes. If Josh Allen's healthy, take Josh Allen. I, Tua, to me, is just, like, I always love Tua because it's impossible to guard, like, Hill and Waddle, but Cleveland's secondary is actually pretty good. I think they may run the ball, which is why I actually genuinely, I'll talk about it later, but I like Jeff Wilson a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And so th- those are the quarterbacks that stand out to me. Great. I am in complete agreement. I am pretty much locked in that I'll be playing Mahomes. Um, and if I had to deviate, it would be spending up for Josh Allen or taking a slight discount and going with Tua. Justin Fields is really intriguing. It really is. I, I, I might be a fool on the other side of it yet again. Let's slide over to the running back position. Um, we need to discuss everyone after ETN, but do you want to discuss anyone above ETN? Do you want to talk about any of the spent up? Yeah, I mean, I, really I, know, like? I know you talked about this on, on the Tuesday pod, um, and I, I just love that you were talking about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Saquon's just, like, right, like, we don't got to think about Saquon. He's going to destroy Houston's defense. Yep. Nick Chubb, like, I'm, I'm done with hearing you say, like, he's touchdown dependent. I'm done with other YouTubers <laughs> saying that, like, He's not valued as high because he doesn't catch balls. The guy has tree trunks. I mean, if you watch Cleveland, <laughs> like, there is no other better. Like, him and Derrick Henry are the best true running backs. They're the most powerful true running backs, and he's unstoppable in the red zone. Like, he scores every game. If you look at Vegas odds, he's minus to score in every game. He's not plus. Like, he's yep. supposed to score. He's been insane this year. So, I don't know. Miami... Chubb is going to roll like he rolls every single week. Barkley's going to roll against Houston. Um, and then to me, right, like Travis Etienne being $7,100 makes absolutely no sense to me. Since James Robinson left, he was in the 10 to 14 attempts for rushing. He has now had 24 and 28. Not only that, he catches balls. He gets targets. Like, I, I, there's he, he's, their, he's their best offensive player. Like, to me, I just... Travis Etienne is elite. I think people will start to realize that he's going to just keep moving up. Um, and again, like I watched tape of him last night, the way they utilize him and just like him as a person, like him as a player, he's a freak. Like he's just a good player. And I think people are slow to realize that like he's he should be a top five. Like he should be up there with Chubb this week. He should be up there with Saquon this week. He should be up there like – that, that's that's my thinking. So I'm taking Travis with the value, um, I think, and and that's where I'm at with the, the higher pay, paying guys. Okay, I agree in, in all those. I think ETN is played by a lot of optimizers. I think I'll be saying ETN's name in core on Saturday this week when I give out the core four. But let's start with A.J. Dillon and work our way down. You said, I don't know why ETN is priced at this price. I'm looking at the guy right under him and saying, why the hell is A.J. Dillon priced where he is priced I mean, it must just be because A.J. Dillon is priced at 6700 crazy high. He hasn't scored more than 10 points since week one. Um, they <laughs> are playing against the Dallas Cowboys this week, so it literally makes no sense to me. The only thing I can conceive of, maybe Aaron Jones is going to be out and hurt, and that's why they priced up A.J. Dillon in case he was you know, the lead back for this team. But uh, Aaron Jones practiced yesterday on Wednesday in a limited capacity. So I think there's no way you could play A.J. Dillon. I think that price tag is just crazy. Yeah, I, I would say if you want to, so insane. I, would, I would say if you want to lose, like take, just grab A.J., you know what I mean? Yeah, like if, exactly. you want, if you want to automatically lose, grab him. If you're going for a full lineup but last in your in your standings, take A.J. Dillon. Yeah, All right, 100%. so besides, besides A.J. Dillon, the guys that I'm looking at, Tony Pollard, if Zeke is out, I think Tony Pollard has to be considered a start. Swift, I mean, we're, Swift is not playing enough, but at 6400 at some point, the price tag is going to be too cheap and he's going to start getting work again. When yeah. is it? Is it this week? I don't know. If you want to you know, take a chance on that in a tournament, it could absolutely pop off for you. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Jamal Williams, I mean, if Swift is still banged up, you go the other direction, Jamal Williams. Um, 
Devin you- Singletary, if 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 Josh Allen is banged up, if Josh Allen is playing or he's not playing, uh, Case Keenum maybe relies on the run game more. Maybe Josh Allen checks down a little bit more. Uh, Devin Singletary in a game that should feature a lot of scoring is definitely interesting. I mean, Devin Singletary costs less than Madison. I mean, that makes no sense. Yeah, that um, makes no sense. Najee Harris, 5,500. Wow. Has, how has Najee <laughs> fallen so far? That is crazy. He's going against the Saints. We know the Saints historically a good run defense, not this year as much. Um, I think we need to talk about the Colts situation. I see Deion Jackson here. I don't really know who's going to be the Colts lead back. It seems like Jonathan Taylor might play. If Jonathan Taylor does not play, I will be taking the Colts running back. I think it's too much to spend up for JT. Um, but someone's going to get a ton of workload, and Jeff Saturday is going to be coaching this team, and they're going to be running the ball endlessly. So I think if there is a value, you know, if Zach Moss is the guy because Jonathan Taylor and Deion Jackson are out, then I'm looking at Zach Moss. If Jonathan Taylor's out and Deion's playing, I'll look at Dion. But we know yeah, the Raiders more. defense is terrible, and we know that you know Saturday's going to run the ball all day. The only thing I would say about Zach Moss is because he's still getting accustomed to the offense, they may actually go with Jordan Wilkins over Zach Moss. True, um, true. So that, that is the only thing I, I, I would say about that. Um, but I, I do have a, a, a decent amount of running backs I'd like to talk about. Are you, yeah, are you go done? for it. Yeah, go. Okay, cool. So I guess just looking down the list, we said no to AJ. Tony's a definite, like, Tony or Z, one of them should have a very good game against uh, Green Bay. You talked about Swift. Pierce, we're not going to take because the Giants have a good run D. Not going to take James Conner. It's the second game back. Rams have a good run defense. Mostert, not going to take. He actually played less snaps um, and had less rushing attempts than Jeff Wilson. He's on the down. Jeff Wilson's on the up. David Montgomery, listen, like, Montgomery or Cleo Herbert need they they like one of them needs to pop off. I'd give it I I'd take Cleo Herbert, honestly, because he's the one who's been popping off. With that being said, the only downside is that um Justin Fields rushes for five hundred yards every single game, so that takes away a little bit from the running backs. Yeah. But I do like Khalil Herbert in this matchup. Like I think there's a lot of upside to taking him, but but again, it's very risky. Zeke, we talked about I think either Zeke or Tony, one of them will have very good games. Jamal Williams, dude, like, this is what pisses me off. It's like I watch the Lions every fucking week, and Swift is just so much better, but Swift will get them to the, the red zone, and then Jamal Williams scores. It's plain and simple. Like, he, he's the one scoring the touchdowns. DeAndre Swift hasn't been scoring touchdowns. So, it, like, I, I don't think there's much upside to him because Swift is being involved. So I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from him. I just talked about Herbert. I like him. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, horrendous. He should be the last running back on the list. Um, Melvin Gordon not going to take. Uh, okay, so then yeah, I like I like Jeff Wilson here actually. Like I I think there's potential upside here. Um, he had he he outsnapped Mostert. He had more rushing attempts. Um, he also saw targets in the air. He saw a decent amount of targets in the air. Um, and Cleveland does have a good secondary, which leads me to believe that they will be running the ball this game. Um, And so I think for his price, I think there's a world where Jeff Wilson actually continues to thrive in Miami. Um, It is a little bit of risky play, right? Because they still do have Mostert, but he's underperformed for, I think, two or three games now. Um, but I like that they're they're throwing to Jeff Wilson. So I I, I look I, I definitely think Jeff Wilson with for five thousand five hundred. I, I think there's value there. Um, and we know that game, Willie. The the total opened at forty eight. It's now up to forty nine and a half. So huge movement in that total towards the over. You want to find those spots and pick up value options in those games. Maybe there's a few goal line carries. Jeff Wilson can put, punch in a you know a bunny touchdown or two. Or, or even have, like, a couple 30, 40-yard runs, dude. Like, yeah, I, no, I he, he rips I off big plays. Yeah, like, I, I yeah. Jeff Wilson's fast. I, I, I actually like him. Um, mm-hmm. And then if I'm, I'm just really quickly going down the rest of them, and I do – I know people are on Ronnie Rivers, not really sure why exactly. Um, but, uh, no, everybody else, I'm good. Okay. The only other one that I could consider is uh, McKinnon for the Chiefs. He got the most snaps for their running backs last week. It seems like Hilaire is completely phased out. It seems like Pacheco's not ready in a game that should be the highest point total on the board, 50.5 total points. Uh, I think you could slide McKinnon in there if you're really desperate for, you know, 
a floor PPR kind of guy. Um, let's move on. That's to, not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to wide receiver. Um, and let's start this discussion with our guy, Amon Ra, St. Brown. Is he in play this week? And what receivers kind of value or below are you looking at this week? You could you could take the, the bulk of this one. Yeah, you want me to start w- w- at the top? Or yeah. Just like val- okay, yeah. So, um, like, listen, like Tyreek seems to be a good play every single week. Again, Cleveland has like – a good secondary, but I don't really think there's any secondary that can stop Tyreek Hill. He's the, just an absolute freak. Like, <laughs> guys call it Cheetah for a reason. I like Cooper Cup, dude. You can't go wrong with Cooper Cup. Like, the, the, the guy's just insane. He's a genius on the field, and, like, Tyler Higby hasn't been doing anything. Allen Robinson hasn't been doing anything. The running backs are doing nothing. How are they going to score? He's going to get so many targets. Very safe. Um... Stefan, if Josh Allen's healthy, always good. Devontae, stay away from Devontae. I told everybody to hit Devontae last week, and it was amazing. Um, felt good about that one. Uh, Justin Jefferson, um, I, I like Justin Jefferson. I mean, these top guys are hard not to like. Right? Yeah, what about, the, just... what about the value options this week? Yeah. What if we were going to start with Amon Ra and work our way down from there? Okay, cool. So St. Brown's one of my favorite people, um, one of my favorite players to, to pick this week. I, Again, Chicago is a horrible secondary. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game for sure. Um, TJ Hawkinson's gone. St. Brown is getting healthier and healthier. Um, I think he has to be like a massive, pivotal part of the offense. I am on St. Brown. I would have St. Brown in my lineups this week, um, and especially with DeAndre Swift still having limited snaps. I think he's just getting more involved. I'm with him. Um, you too? Yeah, dude, I like Juju. That's the next name. I mean, unless any of these names, we don't have to go through all of them, but unless any of the names between Amon Ra and Juju pop off to you, but that's the next name on the on the list that's looking at me. Like, he looked really good last week. He looked like he's finally getting into his rhythm with Mahomes as the possession receiver. He's starting to decrease his average yards per target, which means he's just getting open over the middle of the field, short distances, sitting in the zones, reading the defenses, and then finding a little gap, and then just sitting there and waiting. Yeah, for you know what it is, dude. Up. It's crazy. So it's been three weeks in a row. I was really out on Juju in the beginning of the year, but I've been watching the Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes is finally trusting Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, that's what it is. Outside yeah. of Travis Kelsey, it's Juju now, dude. Like that's the person in, in like third, third and long. Like he's going to either Travis or Juju. Like that. Those are his safety nets, and. For me, he's going against Jacksonville. I'm picking Patrick Mahomes as my QB. I think he has a, another big game. He's had three monster games in a row. So I think for the value, I, I love Juju. I, I also think it's pretty ridiculous that um, – well, Amar, I also love Amari Cooper. He, he would be the next person I want to talk about. I think he's been like – He's in a great, these, great spot and situation this week as well. Yeah, because you said the over-under is what, 40? 49 and a half. Yeah, dude, and people are just like, like, forgetting that like Amari Cooper's legit, and he's been legit all year. He flies under the radar because like Jacoby Brissett's his like quarterback, but Amari Cooper's good. Um, he sees a lot of targets, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm all over Amari Cooper this week. I have him in my league, and he just puts up points after points every single week. He's very reliable, actually, um, and so. I also think with Chubb running, it'll open up a lot of passing for Jacoby Brissett. Um, so I, I, I'm on Amari Cooper this week as well. I have two, two, three deep cut, deep cut value options that I really like. And I've seen these guys even pop up on some optimizers. So these are really cheap guys. You're looking for, you know, bottom of the barrel. You're because you've, you know, you paid up for Mahomes, you paid up for Saquon or Tyreek or whatever, and now you're like, where am I going to find some value? Here are three names that not only am I looking at, we'll get Willie's reaction to these two, but also heavily played in the optimizers for this week. Marquez Valdez Scantling, similar to what we just said about Juju, seems to be getting his rhythm going with Mahomes. Uh, 4,100 in a game. He's always a big play guy in a game with the highest point total on the board. Van Jefferson. 3,500. Now, Van Jefferson is coming off an absolute goose egg last week, but he still had five targets. He's clearly assumed the number two role on this offense back from Allen Robinson and Ben Skoranek. Um, 
Van Jefferson is going to be the Rams number two receiver. He's going to run a lot of routes. He's going to get peppered with targets. And we know the Cardinals secondary is atrocious. I like, I really like playing into Van Jefferson at home. And then the last one is Wandale Robinson uh, for the Giants. They're going against the Houston Texans. They are at home. They're off the bye. Um, we know Kadarius Tony now shipped out of town, certainly won't be playing anytime soon for the Giants or ever again. Uh, he's going to get a lot of targets. He's going to get a lot of looks. He's going to be on the field for a lot of key plays between Wandale, Darius Slayton. Um, choosing one of those two guys is a good value option wide receiver. Willie, any thoughts on that or any guys who are yeah, really I, lower I, I down? Out of, yeah, I think out of all the guys you said, I like Wandale the most. Um, I think he's the only one I would play personally, but I'm going to add one other person, which I think people have, again, just solely forgotten about. Donovan Peoples Jones, dude. I mean, I'm talking yeah. about yeah. I'm talking about week week six, week seven, week week eight, week fifty four. yards like, every week, right? More than fifty. He said seventy four no, every five week, weeks. at least fifty like, every week. If you want a consistent that like player who, who does not cost a lot of money, Donovan Peoples Jones, and that is a high scoring game. There's a world where he does what he always does with a touchdown in it. Like if they're all over Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones is definitely capable of putting up 20 points for you and it's good value. So he's my, my big value guy. Also um, in a full point PPR that DraftKings is going with the Joneses, Marvin Jones or Zay Jones in that Kansas city Jacksonville game certainly could see either of them getting, you know, eight catches on 11 targets and 75 yards and being like a really good value play. Yeah, completely. I, I guess really quickly, the last person too, which I don't know if it's a value play. I'm trying to look at his price, but and I'm curious as to what you think. But Christian Kirk has been kind of lighting it up too. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think game script, right? Like Trevor Lawrence is going to be throwing a lot against the Chiefs if they're down. Like he's just been good. He's he's seen last three games, 10 targets, seven targets, nine targets, 96 yards, 40 yards, 76 yards touchdown. Like, I don't know. To me, it's just... <laughs> It's it seems to be outside of uh, ETN. Christian Kirk is his second uh, favorite target, so I definitely think Christian Kirk could be a play as well. But that, that those that's and awesome. we know we know Evan Ingram dealing with the hurt back. We'll see if he plays. I would just yeah. caution if you are going to play ETN, then just be careful how many Jacksonville Jaguars you play because there's limited upside. There's correlated value in playing two two of them, three of them, maybe one or two on the Chiefs in the reverse, but I wouldn't you know, play all of them. I know I'm not giving that advice to you, Willie. I'm giving that advice to the listeners who might play Marvin Jones and Zay Jones and ETN and Evan Ingram. Now you've gotten to be too much. Yeah, just play Travis. <laughs> just just play Travis. Like Play Travis, play Mahomes on the other side, and potentially play Juju and, you know, Zay Jones or Marvin Jones. If you're going to play, you know, four players from that game, make it look something like that. Mahomes and Juju on one side, ETN and a value option on the other side. Sound good? All right, let's move on to tight end. Um Kelsey is the only real name that is considered elite um, this week because we don't have Andrews on the slate. Um, I wouldn't take Kelsey considering how many other guys that we are eyeing in this um, Chiefs-Jacksonville game. So let's talk about other tight ends. Willie, you love Hawkinson. Are you looking back to the Hawkinson well this week? He, he, no. what, he had nine catches no. last week? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm just not because – I looked at every single one of these tight ends. I looked at every single one of their matchups. They, like, they're all going against very good defenses. Not only good defenses, they're going against defenses that guard the tight end well. I'm talking about Kelsey versus Jacksonville. I'm talking about Hawkinson versus Buffalo. I'm talking about Ertz, who's been, like, very steady, Eddie, which is what you said last week, versus um, the Rams. Pat's going against the Saints. Higby's going – Higby hasn't even been existent like the last yeah. two weeks. Waller may not play. He's been like in and out of practice. Is like, dog, are you going to play or are you not going to play? Figure it out. You're killing people out here. <laughs> so are we, all walk, playing, are we all playing Greg Dolchich? Dude, there, there's, no, there's no question. It's either Njoku or Greg Dolchich. I don't know what Greg Dolchich is doing at 3,400. He's had 12 points, 11 points, and 13 points in the three games he's played. Russell Wilson's like he just likes him. Like I, I like he's been consistent. I, I don't think that it's worth taking any of the top tight ends because they're playing really good defenses. I don't think they're gonna be. I don't think they're gonna perform that well. So it's like I might as well take a, a tight end that I think is going to be very consistent. Tennessee's given up the 
seventh most fantasy points to tight ends this season. Uh, Denver's off a bye. I think that this is their go-to guy, actually, for the future. I think they like Greg Dulcich. Um, and honestly, like, I would have said Kate Otten, but Cameron Braid's back. But Kate Otten had been playing really well um, as, as well. And then, yeah, we're not gonna, I'm not going to even bring up Ingram because his back's hurt. I do think it's a good script game for him, but we've already talked about so many Jacksonville um, players. But Greg Dulcich is the guy to take and or Njoku. Like, that game is high scoring. You know Njoku has those pop-off games. If he's healthy, like, there's a world where Njoku just pops off, like, in my opinion. I don't know how you stand with that, but Dulcich, to me, is the conservative approach that is going to put up good numbers, and from a value standpoint, he just makes the most sense. And uh, Njoku's a little bit more expensive, but definitely has more upside. Yeah, I I, I agree with both of those. Um, the optimizers are playing... Dolchich in four out of the five lineups that I check. The one lineup where it's not Greg Dolchich, it's uh, Dalton Schultz. Um, and I know me and you are heavy on the Cowboys this week, so I don't mind a Schultz play, but I prefer uh, probably Dolchich myself. The one downside to Dolchich would be that that game has an over-under of 36.5, like the lowest total on the board. So grabbing a pass catcher in that game doesn't have the most correlated value, but again, that's why you're paying only three thousand dollars and whatever. Uh, where is he? Three thousand four hundred in comparison to some of these other guys. And Joku's definitely another name I would look at. I, I feel the same way as him as I do everyone else in that game. The the totals clearly sharp towards the over. And the reason why I actually do like Joku is if I'm going to play people in that game, I happen to be on more. Miami side. I happen to be on the Jeff Wilson, on the Tyreek, on the Tua, on the, you know, to throw in Njoku means I could do the reverse play, like play someone on the reverse side, and I'm not going to overload myself with Cleveland exposure. So I really do like the Njoku play as well. Also, lastly, um, Miami, is, Miami has given up the third most fantasy points to tight ends this year, and Njoku yeah. the last five weeks has seen 10 targets, 7 targets, 6 targets, 6 targets, 7 targets. I mean, there's... Do you know what... Do you know what Miami did against the tight end last week? I only say that because we know um, it's generally tight ends are covered by a shadow linebacker, and then bringing in Bradley Chubb is like upgrading the whole Miami uh, linebacking core. Let, let, let me get that up really quickly because it was Cole Komet, right? They played the Bears. Yes. Oh, he yeah. had a touchdown last week. He had the best week. He had the best week times four that he's had all year. He had 22 points. He had. I a, think he had, we definitely need to be looking at um, Njoku. Not only that, he had two touchdowns, and he's been horrible all year. So, like, I but I do agree, Bradley Chubb's there, but that <laughs> Cole Komet. He didn't, he didn't show up week one and make a huge difference. Yeah. No. I mean, tight ends. Not at all. Okay, let's move on to defenses. Um, any value defenses that stick out at you? Any defenses in general that you really like this week? I'm looking at the optimizers right now, Willie, and pretty much all of them are playing the Texans. So if you are playing Saquon, you wouldn't also play the Texans D. But we know that game should be you know, low-scoring affair, kind of ugly battle. Um, I was talking up the Giants defense earlier this week as a spend up, but just kind of similar vein that game should be ugly on the flip side of that value defense Houston Texans um what do you think of that or anyone else that you really like I also see the Colts being played by a lot of the optimizers if we're going to expect that game to be really low scoring as well yeah I'm looking right now um uh I like the Texans um I feel like they put up a who did the Texans play last week they put up a good a good um oh they played no who they play do you remember they put up a good game though a good defensive game for the most part um let me they played last Thursday right weren't they the Thursday night game oh they played the Eagles and they actually like played them pretty well oh so they're coming off the mini buy really like the Texans then because then they have the 10 days rest we know 10 days rest is the most prep time that players will get because they're not traveling they're staying in the facilities they're getting their treatments they're watching their film uh, really like the Texans defense on 10 days rest. Mini yeah, I would, say, I would take the Texans and then obviously like you just can't go wrong with the Cowboys. I know it's not like a, a value defense, but like the Cowboys right. have the Cowboys, dude, like honestly, bro, the Cowboys, like I have them starting this week. I wouldn't be surprised if they put up 25 fantasy points for me. It's like 20, like just crazy numbers. Like they're literally winning me fantasy matchups because they're defense. Who scores more points? Do the Packers score more points in real life or the Cowboys yeah, in fantasy points? No, the, the Cow yeah, the Cowboys for sure. 
Um, yeah, I, I I like the my only just my my only concern is that Saquon just runs all game. But I, honestly, I like Houston. I like the Cowboys. That's that's where I'm at. And by the way, we took Bucks last week. They did fine. They were good. It was a, yep. it was a, it was a good choice. Felt good about it. All right, so that will wrap up this week's episode. Thank you for joining us, Willie. I will be back on Saturday giving out a core four, which will include a lot of players that we just spoke about today. I will be back on Sunday on the live YouTube stream with JP Sticko. And then check us back next Tuesday. Willie, you'll be back next Thursday. And I think we're going to do a little preview on um, – we have two exciting weeks coming up. Next week we'll do a little preview on the awards uh, MVP, coach of the year, comeback player of the year, ty- those types of things, rookie of the year. I have already bet Sauce Gardner rookie of the year, so we'll have to revisit Let's where go, that is. Let's go, baby! Sauce! I got that at 14 to 1. Let me quickly check where that is now. By the way, best cornerback in football. Get out of here, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, what about Sertain? Ooh. I don't know. What are you thinking? So now I have Sauce Gardner at a 14 to 1, a plus 1400. He's now a minus 120. So, Willie, we're going to have to talk about how I could potentially hedge off of Sauce Gardner because I am looking beautifully well in that ticket thanks to what he did. No, you're last not hedging, you're not hedging off Sauce anything. We're, yeah, but if, what if anything, he gets hurt? He's not, dude. He's 6'11, 500. He's a legend. Like, what are you talking about? All right, Willie's a little bit lost in the sauce, as they say. Let's get (laughs) out of here. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, peace out. Peace out, baby.